Hello, and welcome to another episode of Whole and Complete Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shantae, and Whole and Complete is all about faith and wellness, loving God and living well. And if you are brand new to Whole and Complete, you will be pleased to know that this is a series-based podcast, and we are smack in the middle of a series. And for the past several episodes, we've been talking about mama trauma with respect to childhood-related trauma. And as we come to the third part of this series, there will be four total. So we are about to wrap this up and land this plane. (laughs) But as we come to the third part of this series, I have brought a special guest that I think would be relevant to our discourse. And for the record, this is not one of those like I dragged somebody into this. This is somebody who inquired about when they would be able to make an appearance on my podcast. And so this just seemed like a timely topic. And so for those of you who listened to part two, you know that my special guest today is my child, whose real name I'm not going to offer. I actually have a name that I've created for her for like social media and public purposes. And it's Edna, which to give you some background, um, I used to give her nicknames like Sally, the second grader, Edna, the eight year old. And for some reason, Edna is the one that stuck (laughs) like so much so that there are really people that I interact with on social media that when they found out that wasn't her real name, they were like, what? I really did think that was her name. And not to disparage or besmirch anybody whose real name is Edna, but um, that is not, <laughs> that is not the route that I, I chose to go when naming this child. So uh, without any further ado, I would like to welcome my child to the show. Say hello. Bonjour. I would like to thank the host of Whole and Complete, aka my birth giver, for letting birth me giver. Yes. <laughs> for letting me make an appearance on the show. I am very honored to be a special guest. A very special guest indeed. So normally when I podcast, I try to do it when this child is at school or sometimes it just doesn't work out that way and I'm like yelling at her like, Hey, I'm about to record a podcast. But With respect to mama trauma, I think that as parents, one generation after the next, we come into parenting with some of the old and some of the new. So some of those perspectives with respect to how we have been raised and also some perspectives to how we want to raise our own children. And as always, we have a guiding scripture for this episode. And it is from Matthew chapter 18, verse six. And it says this. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. So one of the things that I love about Jesus and I love many things about Jesus is that Jesus was absolutely an advocate for children and child welfare. There are many scriptures where Jesus is a strong advocate for the children. Even in the Old Testament, it says, do not provoke the children in certain ways. And so with respect to parenting, as I have said and kind of joked many times before, I knew at two weeks old that I would not be having another child because the enormity of the responsibility that was in front of me, it's not because she was bad. Uh, She was actually a good baby. But the enormity of the responsibility in front of me. And I was like, wow, this is a lot. And I know what a tremendous undertaking it is to steward a human life. Okay. So it's not just keeping them alive and fed and clothed, 
but also just kind of guiding and shaping and influencing who they're going to be and the things that you have to protect them from and guard them against. And just, it, it's a lot. It is a lot. And when you have experienced trauma in your childhood or you have gaps and deficits and things like that, you realize exactly what those gaps and deficits are when you become a parent. So Edna, let's go with that. <laughs> so Edna, here's my question. Well, let's start here. When I grew up, there was this saying like children should be seen and not heard. And there was a lot of stay out of grown folks business and things like that. And a lot of people tend to think that like all these kids, they don't know, you know, what's going on. But I have found that not to be the case. I think that kids are a little bit more perceptive and intuitive than we give them credit for. So with respect to children being able to have voice in the household and things like that, where do you stand with that? As far as children having a voice in their own house, I mean, that is the place where they spend the majority of their time. and That's the place where they sleep and the place where they get to have time and interact with their family. So especially parents are supposed to be loving and nurturing and be able to listen and communicate with their children. So I feel like that whole be seen and not heard thing not only silences them, but it might restrict them from ever sharing with parents in the future because that's the type of thing that kind of causes a disconnect because it's like, well, why would I say something if I'm just going to be shut down? So I think as far as that whole principle goes, I think that children should have voices, especially in their own household, and they can take those skills that their parents have been teaching them, like giving them a voice, and take that in the outside world so they can also speak for what they believe in. So this triggers a thought and raises another point. So listeners, you might not be surprised to know that it's at from time to time, quite often, in fact, I've been walking past my child's room and found her giving advice. <laughs> and I'm not just talking about, girl, bump that like type of advice. I'm talking like, so it appears that there was an incident and here might be some of the consequences that you might want to consider with respect to A, B, and C. And I'm like, who is this kid? You know, so I'm sure your friends have confided in you and talked about, you know, things like their issues or challenges with parents. And so what are the some of the common issues just in general that you have heard kind of like coming up with respect to parenting? This one may be like kind of cliche, but it's just like, I feel like my parents don't understand me. And like most of that is because they aren't communicating with their parents, but also that their parents are not really giving them a chance to communicate with them. So I will I will admit this on the podcast because I've been told this many times that I'm not the best communicator. I'm sure my, my mother can attest to this. But um, <laughs> having that communication, especially with your parental figure, is very, very, very important because when you don't feel seen by your own parents, then... Like, you know, it kind of drives you into that pit of, well, if I'm not being acknowledged by my own mom or dad, like, how do I expect anyone else to acknowledge me? So, yeah, the whole parents don't understand them type thing is probably the most common. But I just always tell them we need to talk to your parents. And I know that's like awkward because a lot of the time, especially kids my age, 
we will confide in our friends before we confide in our parents. I don't know why we do it, but we just do. But (laughs) it is very important to talk to your parents because that is what they're there for. And it is their job to listen to you. So this brings up a key point with respect to communication. One of the things that I will own, and we actually recently had a conversation about this. So one of the things that I will own is that I was guilty of like facilitating like emotional suppression, like and and expression because, you know, me and, and your dad had this thing like if you're not hurt or you're not sick, you can't cry, you know, like and and the reasoning in my defense, <laughs> like and the reasoning behind that was because we didn't want to raise a whiny child, you know, and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, just to be eh, just randomly and for no reason, we, we were not advocates of that. And so I think we went to the other side of that, like not an extreme, but we were just like, look, here are the criteria for which you can like express yourself emotionally. You're hurt or you're sick. If you're not hurt or you're not sick, then, you know, cut the waterworks. And that was that was a misstep. I'll I'll own that. That was a misstep. So, how would you say that that has impacted you? I can say from my observation how I think it's impacted because you are not the most you're not the chatty Kathy. You will not come to me first, you know. You will have conversations and you know and work it out and not, and that's not new. All teenagers do that. You know, most teenagers do that. And yet there are some pros and cons to that. So what would you say have kind of been like your, the result of our trying to kind of regulate your emotions and how that's now like showing up as a teenager? It's kind of just when you hear a mantra over and over again, like life's like a box of chocolates. You never know where you're going to get. Or just like at first you don't succeed. Try, try again. Like those mantras, like you don't forget those because people have been saying it your whole life. So as far as the, if you're not hurt, if you're not sick, then don't cry. I feel like that's kind of been ingrained into my mind, which is something that you and I are actually trying to unravel as of now. But um, it backfired for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not really the most open with my parents and not just like my dad, too. Like, I won't talk to my parents to, about my problems a lot just because either I feel like I can handle it myself or I can just deal with it later which is a recipe for disaster, especially when it comes to grief, because I have lost some people already this year, even though it's only me. But keeping stuff in is not healthy. It's like shaking a Coke bottle and opening it. So that doesn't work. But yeah, it's just a force of habit at this point. And so I'm doing my best to try and be more open and communicate more about my feelings. But it's just... Yeah, it's not what I've been wired to do. (laughs) I get that. It is a process. And this is in part why we're having this conversation on the podcast. So for the record, I didn't give her like a list of questions ahead of time. Maybe I should have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But just kind of freestyling and having real conversations at this point, because um, I try to be as authentic as I, I can with respect to you all. But yeah, that has been my parental observation is that Edna will, she's really good at self-regulation. And we talked a little bit about this in the podcast that 
children will learn to self-soothe, you know? So she has learned to just kind of go inward at the same time when it does become overwhelming. And we have had some major deaths, you know, and it's not to say that death in general isn't major, but close relatives to us. And when you try to manage all of that on your own as a kid, it's tough. It's, it's insurmountable. And so what I've observed is that your go-to is like shutdown mode, which is <laughs> like, okay, Monday one, I'm done. Like there were days I've seen you come in here, like right after school it's four or five o'clock. You are in the bed under the covers and I don't see you again until the next day. And I'm like, dang, okay. You know, rough day at the office. <laughs> you know, And it's just like, what just happened here? And to the point where I have offered and, and we're actively seeking therapy because I think that we always say these things like children are so resilient, you know, and ch- kids just bounce back. And that's not always the case. We take for granted that as adults, it's hard for us to bounce back. It's hard for us to build new neural pathways to cope and to heal and all of those things. And so the whole holding it in thing, in the words of Dr. Phil, how's that working for you? <laughs> um, Not well, but yeah, as far as the whole kids are resilient and they bounce back, maybe when you get the first paper cut, you're like, okay, it's not that bad. Like I'll get over it. But when those paper cuts, like you keep getting paper cuts, and next thing you know, you lost a finger. So um, <laughs> it's not suppressing your emotions is probably one of the worst things you could do because you're just delaying the inevitable. Either it's going to come out as anger or sadness or depression or you might take it out on the people closest to you or you might just shut down to prevent yourself from taking it out on other people. And there have definitely been times where I don't want to talk to anyone. Like I'll just turn off my phone for the night because I'm just like, I cannot talk to anyone because if I do, then I'll yell at them. So yeah, it's really, really important to carve out some time for yourself away from distractions and like even a day, just take a day to pick an issue or a flaw that you may have that you want to work on and spend that day kind of just asking yourself, how can I work through this? Who are the people that I can lean on? Because it's also important to ask for help. Who are the people that I can lean on to help me get through this situation? And what is the outcome that I'm expecting out of it? So that's sort of my process when I'm trying to work through my issues. So that's my concern as a parent. So I have a lot of listeners who are African-American women and black women have this reputation for being the strong, independent, I-N-D-E-P, you know, that, that whole thing. And those are also some of the ones that are filling up counselor offices, like completely debilitated and, and broken down. And I think that's one of my, the concerns that I have about you and about your future is that you don't fall into that trope because it's a trap. <laughs> the trope is a trap. This trope that you can handle it, you know, and I know, so I will also own that 
you've seen me do that. You have seen me be that person. Even when we were doing the emotional regulation thing, I would say things like, do you see me over here crying? Do you see me over here? You know, but did I cry? Yeah. When the kids go to sleep, you know, <laughs> um, I, I've shared my tears, you know, in private. And I think that that's another misstep as parents is that we create this facade that we're impervious and that things just that we can handle it all and we can't handle it all. And so I think that sometimes you look at me and see some like big shoes to feel like I have to live up to that. And I don't want you to feel like that. I don't want you to feel like you have to be this person where you can't break down or you can't shed tears because you you've shared that too. Like you do not like to cry in front of people. You like to go into your alone cone and just have it out. And I think that there are healthier ways to cope. Do you feel like you have to be not perfect all the time, but yeah, do you feel like you have that pressure where you can't just fail and it be okay? I mean, my whole life, I've kind of felt not pressure. I mean, I guess you could say pressure. I put a lot of pressure on myself. So I do feel that pressure to succeed and to do well in this past year, well, this past semester specifically, I was very overwhelmed and I did feel all that pressure like you need to keep your grades up and, you know, also you can't deal with your own personal emotional stuff because you need to be helping other people with their emotional stuff. And over these past couple months, I have just lost all motivation. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's okay. too much. Yeah, like when you have stuff piling on and you also have your own mental health, which is steadily declining, when those grades just don't matter as much anymore and other people's problems just don't matter as much anymore because you're trying to focus on yourself, but at the same time, everyone's putting all this stuff on you, so it's really hard to care about anything. But I will say that I am actively trying to find methods to cope. I think I will take my mom's advice I'll maybe take up journaling or baking I like to bake <laughs> you like to eat. this is very true <laughs> yeah I like the eating more than the baking but um yes I do think there are definitely healthier ways to cope than how I cope which is shutting myself in to the bathroom or in my room and just crying it out and letting it roll off my back and going on throughout my day I think there are definitely ways to work through it instead of just getting over it. Because like my mom says, she says, you can do anything that you want. You just can't do everything. And so it's do not overwhelm yourself because you will regret it. I want to go on record and say, I think the crying in the bathroom is okay. I That's more than okay. I think it's the feeling that you can't cry or that you can't be vulnerable enough to cry. And she and I, we joke about this. So my child is, I'll put it like this. She watches Criminal Minds. Like she binge watches that show. And I think that show is so dark. Like I cannot, but I think it like fuels her paranoia. <laughs> you know, like she always feels like she got to watch her back, you know, or she's always looking around the corner and, and things like that. So I think when you always have your guard up that, it it takes a lot of strength, strength that's just not typical to just 
carry that armor all day long you know what i'm saying and so i think that it it contributes to to the to the breakdowns and what have you which i said are perfectly fine i just want you to feel supported in the breakdowns okay so let's get to the nitty-gritty not that this hasn't been riveting i think i mean i think i've learned a lot um so we're talking specifically about mama trauma right and trauma you know there's the event there's the experience like how the event affects you and then there's like the lingering effects of what it is and for the most part I have tried to keep you out of the trauma zone you know but things that are traumatizing death can be traumatizing divorce can be traumatizing and as I try to like think back you know to that time you know me and your dad right now are we are very much so united in like the healthy co-parenting initiative (laughs) you know we don't we don't do that whole he can pick you up at the curb you know we don't do that (laughs) sort of thing but that's now. Back then, shoot, I was, I'm not going to say I was in shambles, but I i was struggling to keep it get together. I know you were struggling to keep it together. That was, I think, the first time I ever saw a C on your report card. And I was like, <gasps> clutch the pearls, you know, <laughs> like what's going on? And so just thinking back in hindsight, I know that that whole thing impacted you but in terms of how we handled it what's your take on how we handled it did we handle it okay are there things we should have done differently as you think back on it how are you processing that now um I feel like when I was younger I blamed myself a lot for you and dad splitting up and we just watched this movie in English shout out to my English teacher called Smoke Signals and one of the main characters, Victor, his dad left him and then he passed away and he has to go to Arizona to get his remains and blah, blah, blah. But um, he realizes by the end of the movie that you can't really blame yourself for what happened. You were just a kid. It's not your fault. Like your parents had their own problems. And I kind of saw myself in Victor. I was like, wow. OK, so they're actually like this is actually being represented in something that I'm watching, which I thought was really cool because I did have a talk with my dad about you two splitting up and everything that happened. And I cried a lot, but at the end of it, I came out feeling so much better because me and dad have like a really, really, really great relationship. I need to watch the TikTok that he sent me like a couple hours ago, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but no, me and dad have a really, really good relationship. And that conversation just kind of sort of solidified it because all the doubts that I had wasn't my fault what did I do wrong like what could I possibly have done well back then I was like not hate each other even though you guys don't hate each other but um yeah so I feel like you guys handled it pretty pretty well I just looking back on it I just wish we had talked about it more because I didn't really get answers until a year ago so so that's a that's that's an important aha you know you can't go back right like once the toothpaste is out of the tube but I think that's a really important aha because I think that what we tried to do like we tried to make an effort like not to even like argue in front of you so I think that when the the split happened it was like wait where did this come from you know and so I think that joint communication steady communication positive communication and reinforcement to let you know that in no way shape or form 
would this ever be your fault? I will say that one thing that me and your father are like in lockstep on, we will fight a pack of mountain lions over you. Like we will, we will like tie like a chain to the ankle and to the wrist. Like if we got to, to knife fight it out, we're going to fight it out. Like we just don't mess around with the kid with respect to her well being and, and concern. And so I I think that that's one of the things that even after this podcast episode is over, I'm going to have to like process as a parent because it's important to know what your children are thinking about and if they're internalizing things and, and so forth. And this happened, oh goodness, years ago. So you were still relatively young, like less than 10. So I think thinking back, if I were the, if I were like the mental wellness advocate that I am today, <laughs> um, we would all went to like family therapy, but that came later. And so I think that's why the conversations that gave you clarity and gave you peace came later as well. So sorry that you ever <laughs> felt that way. Um, that certainly was not the intentions. So with respect to, I, I told her I was going to ask her this. So this is the one question. I don't know if you're prepared for it, but this is the one question I was like, okay, so you can tell me one thing that you think is with respect to like mothering or, you know, cause we're talking about mamas that you think I'm doing well. And what is an, what I call a growth opportunity <laughs> an area for improvement. So you have the floor. I'm be Y'all, I'm being transparent in a mofo. Like I'm telling y'all like this, this the real stuff right here, but yeah, my, my child, her opinion. And also I think it's important too, because I think sometimes when you create these, for lack of a better term, public personas, that you show up one way in public, but the people that really know you and live with you are like, mm, that ain't how it is. That's not how she is or whatever. But I think my kid will tell you that I'm fairly consistent on and off the air. So what do you think is working for you in the mothering camp? And what do you think is a growth opportunity for me? Um, There's definitely a lot of things working well. Like you've always been there to support me in whatever I wanted to do and all the activities that I wanted to do. And <laughs> she's shaking her head at me because she above me. <laughs> Yeah, but through all the um the musicals and the choir stuff and the basketball, remember basketball, uh, right? <laughs> and cheer, but you've just always supported me through my career switches and my interest switches, and that's something that every kid really needs is the support of their parent and or parents, sorry, especially just feeling that you have them to back you up like no matter what when you feel like your back is against the wall go to god but also feel like you can at least go to your parent because that's what they're there for so yes you have always supported me which i very do much appreciate and i love you now let's get to the tea um Ooh, dang. <laughs> the only th no it's not even the only thing i can really think of is just you talked to me about your experience when you were a kid, which is vastly different than my experience now, which I am very thankful for, that you have worked hard to give me a good life and the most stable and consistent and steady life that 
you and dad could have possibly provided for me, which I do appreciate because I've had the same family, same friends for as long as I can remember. So that's good. But sort of the, I know that my childhood is not the same as your childhood. So, but so it feels like when I have issues going on in my life, like, oh, me and my friend had a falling out. It's like, I have to walk to school every day. So I'm just like, Ooh, okay, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, and you've told me multiple times, like, you don't want to invalidate my experiences, which, you know, kind of. <laughs> yeah, no, that's like the only thing. I knew that was going to be it. So listeners, <laughs> here's the thing. I'm not going to lie. So we're talking about mama trauma, but mama trauma, y'all, is the tip of the iceberg. When I tell you Dr. Shantae done been through some things, like I just really didn't have a childhood. It was, I think it's the validation that I definitely had a calling on my life because when I tell you the enemy tried to take me out early, I can point to so many instances of just abuse and just all kinds of things that happened to me when I was younger. And so because my childhood was so traumatic, when my child has problems, when Edna has problems, I have to fight that thing that's like problems. Girl, please, you don't know problems like problems. I tell you about problems. And that's relative, right? You know, so the things that I experienced, which were horrific and hard and no child should ever have to experience, that's true. And because of that, honestly, uh, my family will tell you, when this child was born, I was very protective. I wasn't one of these people where anybody in the family could watch her. I will, listen, I will fight. <laughs> a black woman was taking off her earrings. I'm like, you will not see this child to kindergarten if you keep up with these shenanigans. Like, I just did not play around where she was concerned because all of my childhood trauma is like, you know, that, that maternal instinct and like the mama bear will like claw a mountain lion trying to protect her cubs. Yeah. All of that came out. And so because I know that I have made a lot of strategic decisions, a lot of intentional decisions and choices to make sure that her life is yes, very stable, very consistent, all of that when she has like issues with like friends or what have you, yes, I do have to work to be like, girl, these are not real problems. Cause they are real problems. They are real problems. <laughs> they are real problems. And so I'm projecting onto you. I'm like, you know, and making it feel like her, her problems are fairy dust, you know, while I was on doo-doo mountain, like it's just not <laughs> right. You know, so, I, and I knew that was going to be it. Like, as I racked my brain, like, what would she possibly say? I knew that that was a growth opportunity mm -hmm. for me. And so I will, I will work on that. Okay. So Thanks. any parting words for our listeners, many of whom are parents, any thing that we didn't cover that you think we should have with respect to this topic or just parenting in general? This one is for all the parents out there. Love your child no matter what, because especially in today's day and age, we are very influenced by the world around us. And a lot of the time, teenagers are growing adults. Like, that's why they call them young adults. Like, we're still trying to find ourselves. So please just 
love us no matter what. Like, because nobody's perfect, but especially kids. I would consider myself to be more mature than the average teenager, but we're, we're kids. We're not mature. Like, our brains aren't even fully developed yet. So just instead of don't judge your kid and just make sure that they always feel loved because if they have to live in the same house with you they should at least feel you know safe everyone should have the right to feel safe in their home so yeah no matter what whatever your kid decides to do whatever your kid decides to be just love your kid so I'm going to give you a pink tambourine. I'm going to give you a couple of taps on my... Thank you. I'm giving you a couple of taps on the tambourine. And I would echo that. I would say, amen. Love covers a multitude of things. And to my child's point, they are still trying to figure it out. And we certainly did not have it all figured out when we were that age. And so when she says, you know, through all of her career changes, this child has changed her mind so many <laughs> times about what she wants to be when she grows up. And I just roll with the punches. I'm just like, as long as you land somewhere that uses your gifts and makes you happy and makes you feel alive and in alignment with what God has called you to do, I'm down for the get down. So there's certainly that. And also too, one thing that I do do when I discipline and I'm given one of my mini lectures, I always qualify and I say, I'm not majoring in the minor. I'm trying to shape your character. At some point you are going to be out of my custody. And I want you to know that the kind of person that you are in the world outside of this house matters. And so this is why I'm upset or this is why I'm coming at you, you know, sideways about this thing, because it's a bigger picture thing. It's like, I care who you're going to, to be, <clears throat> excuse me, my, my voice is leaving me, but I, I care about who she's going to be. I remember reading Michelle Obama's memoir and her mother had this stance that she's not raising kids. She's raising adults. And that's how I feel like I'm raising adults. And I know that the realities of that can seem overwhelming at times, but yes, I will love you through all of it. Girlfriend, yay. Yay. <laughs> so, listeners, I hope that you learned something from this. I certainly did. And we will wrap up next week with Dr. Pianita Harris, who is very well versed on the subject of mama trauma and childhood trauma. And if you guys have any questions, takeaways, thank you so by the way, let me just thank you for the reviews that have come in this week. Thank you for the the sharing of this podcast that you've done. Some people have reached out and said, shoot, mama trauma and listen to this. I got daddy trauma too. We're we going to have to touch on that next season, right? We, <laughs> because we, I think we're like at episode like 26, 27. And so, you know, right. We got, we about to wrap it up before y'all kick me to the curb for the summer. So I think we have one series left before we wrap it up for a few months. And so I just want to thank you for your listenership, for your support, for your reviews. And if you have any questions, takeaways, all that good stuff, you can hit me up at Dr. Shante Says. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>